Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. From New York City, the only city in America, it's the show that invented news. This is The Daily Show with your host, Dulce Sloan. So we've got a great show for you tonight. So let's get into the headlines. Let's kick things off with some big news, okay? First of all, today is Joe Biden's 81st birthday. too old and he's like that I'm gonna get even older (laughs) there were so many candles on his cake I thought it was another Canadian wildfire (laughs) but enough about one of the world's oldest leaders because we've got breaking news about one of its newest Argentina is waking up to a new president one who has the stamp of approval from Donald Trump a massive political shakeup in Argentina Javier Malay, far-right economist and television personality, joined the political fray just three years ago. Now he's in charge of the third largest economy in Latin America as it teeters on the edge of disaster. Malay rode to power on a wave of popular discontent over a stagnating economy with a 40% poverty rate and inflation nearing 150%. He became known for his unorthodox showmanship during the campaign. Wielding a chainsaw to symbolize his war on government spending, threatening vital public services. Ministerio de Turismo y Deporte, afuera. Ministerio de Cultura, afuera. Ministerio de Ambiente y Desarrollo Sostenible, afuera. Ministerio de las Mujeres y Género y Diversidad, afuera. Ministerio de Obras Públicas, afuera. Hang on. Evil Austin Powers wants to get rid of the environment. Women and culture? That's everything you need to have a country. (laughs) But, I mean, of course this guy got elected. He had a chainsaw. (laughs) You can't say no to somebody holding a chainsaw. That's how I get my seat on the subway. (laughs) 
First Trump, now this. How come every time a TV personality gets elected, they're a psychopath? Why can't y'all vote for someone good like Steve Harvey? <laughs> Look, the man's got a thousand jobs. What's one more side gig? <laughs> and the guy isn't just a normal right-wing guy. He's a weird dude. He carries a chainsaw around. He cloned his dog. He's a tantric sex coach. <laughs> Why a tantric sex coach is always ugly? <laughs> what, like, imagine this human pile of mashed potatoes <laughs> standing naked in front of you saying, don't <laughs> yet. You're like, sir? <laughs> you I won't. <laughs> In fact, I'd like to go. <laughs> but as weird as he is, the inflation in that country is insane, so I get it. You'd vote for this middle-aged werewolf, too, if the price of milk was the same as a Beyonce ticket. <laughs> At its worst, inflation in America was 9%. In, Ar in Argentina, it's 143%. I mean, that's the difference of... I went to a Georgia public school, but listen... <laughs> right? As a theater major, don't ask me math questions, right? But I don't know if this is the guy to fix their economy. How can he control inflation when he can't control his own sideburns? <laughs> I mean, it looks like this Argentinian needs a Brazilian. some consumer news. This week, we're all going to the grocery store to stock up for Thanksgiving. Turkey, sweet potatoes, and hopefully, cranberry sauce in a can. Nobody wants to eat that fancy shit with real cranberries in it. Ugh. <laughs> but this year, when you go to checkout, you might notice something different. Like, a real-life person. And a possible shift in the shopping experience when it comes to the self-checkout line. In October, The Atlantic declared self-checkout a failed experiment. Retailers are taking note, and some are making big changes. In England, a grocery store chain called Booth's is now getting rid of all self-checkout in all of its stores. In September, Walmart announced that it will remove the self-checkout lanes from some stores. Retailers may be motivated here by their bottom line. The rate of theft is about double in self-checkout lanes. Thank God! <laughs> Why am I doing the work? I don't work here. <laughs> What's next? They're gonna ask us to slice our own deli meat? Butcher our own cows? Grow our own Diet Coke? What? <laughs> Sir, I'm a businesswoman, not a farmer. <laughs> and what if you're too good at self-checkout? They come and make you become a manager and you can never leave. <laughs> And how are they gonna give us a hard time for stealing when they make it so damn easy? <laughs> I mean, all you do is just press the wrong button. Like, oh, I'm getting organic cucumbers for regular cucumber prices? Oh. <laughs> silly, silly me. Back in my day, you had to earn it. You had to sneak a two-liter of Fanta out the store with your wide leg jeans. Now that's what stealing was stealing. <laughs> and every time I have to look up produce on one of those things, I feel like I'm in a spelling bee. Like, oh, your word is radicchio. Like, 
Radicchio. R. A. Man, f that. I'm stealing this shit. I don't work here. And finally, let's talk about artificial intelligence. We all know AI is coming for our jobs, but we didn't know it was coming for our hearts, too. An AI girlfriend service has stopped working after Forever Voices founder John Meyer was arrested on suspicion of attempting to set his own apartment on fire. Unsurprisingly, users were angry and disappointed at the sudden disappearance of their AI girlfriends. While the service was not originally designed to function as an adult service, Internet users quickly began having sexual conversations with the chatbots, resulting in an AI that became increasingly erotic. It's unclear whether users can expect the service to return to operation in the future. Hold up. So a bunch of dudes lost their AI girlfriends when the owner of the company set his own apartment on fire? How can you trust him with humanity's newest invention when he can't handle humanity's first invention? <laughs> but this guy gets arrested and suddenly the AI girlfriend stops responding? Hmm. That's suspicious. Alexa don't stop when Jeff Bezos takes a nap. Makes me think he was the girlfriends the whole time. And I feel bad for those guys having an AI girlfriend has to be harder than having a real girlfriend. Being romantic must be a challenge. You try to take a sexy bubble bath with your laptop and now you're both dead. Whenever she gets wet, you have to put her in rice. <laughs> Y'all nasty. See? You're nasty. All right, for more analysis on this AI girlfriend tragedy, let's go live to Ronnie Chang. <laughs> lonely guys gonna do without their AI girlfriend? Easy, Dulce. We can solve two problems at once here, okay? You just take those lonely guys and hire them to be the checkout cashiers, right? <laughs> that way we all get better service and these guys will have plenty of chances to meet women because, as we all know, women be shopping. <laughs> That's an offensive stereotype, Ronnie. Everyone be shopping. And even if these men meet a woman, they still don't know how to talk to one. That's why they need these computer bitches in the first place. Okay, look, if, if, if these guys love AI women so much, in that case, they can just date the self-checkout machine, all right? <laughs> look, the machines already have female voices, right? Like, who doesn't want to spend a cold winter's night cuddled up hearing someone whisper, please return your items to the bagging area? <laughs> we gotta do something to fast-track AI girlfriends to these lonely, sexless men before they storm the Capitol again. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. You know, that? But, 
And what you have to understand is it's very complicated to program an AI girlfriend, okay? Because men are too demanding and insecure. Like the AI girlfriend has to be smart, but not too smart. It has to know everything about Star Wars, but still listen to the guy explain Star Wars. <laughs> It has to be, like, a dirty slut, but also a virgin. <laughs> like, in programming, we call this the incel paradox, all right? <laughs> now, scientists are working hard to solve it, but unfortunately, they are also a bunch of loser incels. <laughs> and this is why we need more women in STEM, okay? Because somebody, please. Somebody please these guys, all right? those guys. I never realized being an AI girlfriend was so complicated. Yes, but the good news is an AI boyfriend is very doable, all right? In fact, I already have my own AI boyfriend startup. Uh, we have hundreds of clients. It's very successful. I'm a rich man. <laughs> I didn't know you knew how to program AI software. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was easy. Uh, no matter what the girlfriend says, the AI boyfriend just responds with three things. You're right, I'm sorry, and you're right to be mad. Ronnie, the idea that a woman only needs to hear three things is ridiculous. You're right. I'm sorry, and you're right to be mad. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. periods and men have not understood just how bad they are. But recently a company developed a machine that simulates period cramps and better believe the first thing I did was hook it up to some men. Ready? <laughs> I hadn't even started yet. I was just scared. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I feel like this like standing like this helps. Mm. <laughs> Sit down for a second. Oh, y'all didn't know that works when you're sitting oh. down. You think you could do work right now? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I... It's just that sick. <laughs> this is like just like part of the day. This ain't the whole. This is the whole day. I'm sweating. Sounds right. <laughs> now imagine you're nauseous, but you're hungry. And now your head hurts, but you're thirsty. And you're full. 
I can't even hear what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Think you can go to work with that? Oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, maybe. You yeah. just cough? I can get through it. So you feel like you can do this all day? Like, all it's right. not that bad. All right, well, how about you do this all day? This period, all day. Congratulations. You made the whole day on your period. So I'm gonna give you the same prize women get. Really? That's so awesome. What is it? More work. But you you thought we got something else? No! <laughs> Welcome to the womanhood, bro. <laughs> you want me to get some raspberry leaf tea, maybe some ibuprofen? I hear it helps. There's one, two, there's four, there's six, eight, okay, this is ten. official challenge podcast is back for another season and so are we i'm tori deal and i'm anisa ferreira the wait is over guys all stars four is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts whose picture book is called Big. Please welcome Vashti Harrison. 
Thanks for having me. I'm gonna steal your jacket. <laughs> First of all, I love this book. I love, love, love this book. Oh, I can't cry. Um, the illustrations for this book are beautiful. And when I was looking through it, it made they're very emotive and it actually made me think of um, looking at a memory. Hmm. I think is the best way to look at it because like in the book there's no I like in the illustration that there's no like lines. Like usually when you see like a cartoon or an illustration, it's like, oh, this is a drawing. Right. And I think the idea that it gave me was like I was looking back. And so when you're doing a book like this, like what comes first, the drawings or the text? For me, it happens at the same time, mm -hmm. but drawing is always where I get my ideas. But what you're picking up on is something that I absolutely put into the book. I wanted it to feel soft, I wanted it to feel really internal. So I hope that that comes through for everybody. That was exactly what I thought, because we were like, well, it's beautiful. And I was like, no, this looks like, because it's like the, like, this is the first book that you've written and illustrated. And was it scary to do both of those? Yeah, absolutely. So I've written nonfiction before. And mm. so I can feel really excited and proud to share the stories of other people, especially incredible people from history. But to share something about my life that came from, you know, something really internal and to put that all on the page is, is terrifying and scary to write things and share them with people. But that's the process of making art. No, I'm a stand-up comic, so it's yeah. like, oh, I hope these words I say, um, people <laughs> like them. Because <laughs> yep. it's like, as a comic, the first time you go on stage with a joke, it's like for information. Like, I need to know mm -hmm. if this is funny or not. And then every time you do the joke, it's for confirmation. So, like, I know the joke is funny, I just need you to catch up to where I am. Mm. But the, <laughs> like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> but the first look, for a couple times, you're like, hey, man, I don't know if I said these words right. Um, I don't know if they're gonna like the words in this order. And then you gotta figure out, and sometimes it's like, this just don't work. Yeah, doing events for kids is the, sort of like the same thing. I feel like I'm doing stand-up, waiting for their jokes, waiting for them to, to connect with the story. And if they don't like it, then I haven't done my job correctly. Oh yeah, I used to do kids' birthday parties. I've had a lot of jobs. Um, <laughs> every time I'm in the office, they're like, you used to work where? I'm like, hey man, don't worry about that. You asked me too many questions. <laughs> But making stuff for kids is hard because you have to keep their attention and you have to keep their focus. So obviously the title big connotes like a physical size, but in the book, big means that and like a lot more. So can you talk about what the bigness means here? Yeah, I was thinking a lot about how we as adults use words with children when kids are young. We use big as a word of affirmation. We say, you're such a big girl. You're a big girl now, and that's a good thing. But typically with girls and all children, big changes meaning, and I wanted to trace how that word can go from a word of affirmation into something different for a child's life. Oh yeah, because I remember being a big girl and being a big girl. Yeah. <laughs> and when that day happens, I think you're like, I don't know, 11? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, you're such a big girl. Like, oh, she's a big girl. Big girl. Right, and you remember that. Yeah, because like that why it was so interesting to me is because like this is semi-autobiographical, right? So the main character gets stuck in like a baby swing. And y'all have seen the baby swing at a swing set and, you know, thought like, I shouldn't get in this thing. 
you did try. Like, we all tried. So is this something that actually happened to you, like getting stuck in that swing? Yes. Uh, so the girl in the book is not me. She doesn't have a name, but uh, the experience of getting stuck in the swing was real, and it happened to me. And I remember it. I remember the fear and the anxiety and the shame that I felt as a young child. And um, I wanted to kind of make a book that acknowledged that those feelings are big and sometimes can trap us in and box us in and express how those feelings can be really overwhelming for a young person. So why doesn't she have a name? Because I was reading the book because this is a page turner even at my big age. Um, (laughs) Why doesn't she have a name? Well, I didn't want her story to be mine. I Mm -hmm. wanted many people to be able to look at the girl in this book and maybe connect with her, feel empathy for her, and thusly feel compassion for her experience. But when I started writing it, I really wanted it to be a wordless book. Right now, there's only a handful of words in the book. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it would have been great to just tell everything through the pictures. Yeah, because I was, like, looking at it, and I think because it looks like a memory, and it's a little girl that looks like me, and because she didn't have a name, I was like, oh, I remember being on the swing set and being so afraid to try to get in it and try to get in that baby swing. Now, mind you, we've all seen the baby swing, and if you're not a baby, you really have no business trying to get (laughs) in this baby, but I would see other girls get into it, and I'm just like, oh, where is the rest of her legs? Um... (laughs) Yeah, it's Why are her legs, she's nine. Why are her legs only as big as a toddler? Like, we shouldn't be upset that I'm so big. Why is she so small? Like, what? <laughs> somebody call somebody because I feel like she needs help at home. But that was my way of, like, processing the fact that this nine-year-old girl could fit in a baby swing and I couldn't. Because um, I love the use of the color pink in the book. Is that where you add in, like, the softness or was it because it was a classic, like, girl color and she's a dancer like what was the choice to use that color there were a couple of different reasons um so the main character is a dancer she loves ballet typically when i work on a book i usually assign a color to a character Mm. and try to use that to build a palette and specifically in this book we're in her world so everything is that color pink i wanted it to be a symbol for sweetness and innocence but also in color psychology pink is associated with gentle love and care and that's everything that I want for this girl. So you were trying to give her the moment, because I think a lot of times as like girls, especially black girls, we're given womanhood much older than we should be. Right. And because I think for me, I got womanhood much older than I should be because I was, well, let's just say when I was nine years old, I had like C's, right? So the first time a man hit on me, I was nine. But I had a butt, I had big boobs, and I was wearing a suit. So, because I couldn't wear little girl clothes because they didn't make little girl clothes in women's sizes. So I was looking at size nine shoes in a suit and this man comes in and is like, what's your name? And I had to turn around and go, I'm nine. And he was like, no! (laughs) What do you mean? And my mother went, what the hell? And he ran out of a Miami Payless. And so, (laughs) without going at first, why does she look like this? And then he ran outside, but it was like, when you're built like a, because t- I was also like four, like I was five feet tall. So when you look like a tiny woman or you're the size of a whole woman, but you're nine, everyone's like, well, you should have all these responsibilities. And it's like, but I got dolls yeah. for Christmas. So I'm not yeah. a double digit age, but everyone's like, you get all this responsibility. And I think it's like, 
That's why I like looking at this, because I was like, oh, this is the... This is the experience that girls should have. Because we should get to be little. So I think I'm going to ask you the next question. Um, well, <laughs> thank you. I, I do want to touch on that. Hi. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about that because one of the main reasons I wanted to write this story was to touch on the subject of adultification bias, the adultification of black girls. Right. I, early in my career, I'd read this study that came from the Georgetown Law Center on Poverty and Inequality called Girlhood Interrupted that talked about the specific bias that many adults have on black girls. It found that adults viewed black girls as young as the age of five as less innocent and more adult than their white counterparts. Right. And this results in, in young girls receiving less care and less nurturing. Mm -hmm. And so many different things factor into it, including a child's height, age, skin color, mm -hmm. body size, and weight. And I just wanted to reclaim space for children to grow, for their bodies to look different, to offer them the innocence and gentleness and care that they deserve for as long as they need it. Yeah, because when you find out like black girls get, um, out of all like girls in school, they get suspended as a higher rate. Exactly. As if like they're doing more wrong, but like black children and brown children get suspended at a higher rate. Right. Cause it's like, I don't, I mean, I don't know if we're throwing hands better than white girls, but <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. Cause it's like, you use the words like creative and compassionate and kind to describe these, you know, to describe her character. And it's like, I think a lot of times like a young girl, if you're allowed to even be little, you know, you get like a lot of cute or pretty, like, do you think it affects girls to hear different words like compassionate and kind like giving words that are more described like descriptors of person uh, just adjectives of personality as opposed to like appearance yeah i think i just want for all kids to be able to define who they are right adults will make mistakes they will say things words that you know we don't know what's going to stick with kids but mm -hmm. i wanted to clarify for this girl and for any kid that reads this book that you get to choose what's important and real for you and you don't have to hold on to anything that doesn't define you you get to decide that for yourself there's one page in here and i want to know can i show the page in the book that she goes through, and I'm not gonna spoil it for people because you have to see her grow and grow in the, in the changes that she goes to, but there's one page Almost there. that I, and I think you know exactly the page I'm talking about, where me and our makeup artist Enid was literally crying in the makeup room. And I don't know if you know how uh, crying in the makeup room works, but it's basically you just tilt your head back and you catch the tears. <laughs> Because Enid is an amazing makeup artist, but it's just like, there's salt on my face now. So, but the thing that we were just like, that made her stop and made me stop where the little girl goes to the adults. These are yours. These are yours. They hurt me. And so she's holding words. And she said, these are yours. They hurt me. And so I think like, that's when I was looking at this. I was like, 
book for children? Because <laughs> there are a lot of people that make a lot of money, my therapist included, who make a lot of money trying to show adults how to love and care for themselves. And I'm just, is there like a grown up version of this book? Can we call it like still big? Like can we, how do we, just a little bit at the top. And then there's just a bad bitch at the bottom. Like that's all I'm saying. Just still big, bad bitch at the bottom. She might be modeled on me, make a style, and I know who you want to choose. But you know, just still big. I think that that could be some grown ups might also need help with this. So, thank you for that. Of I course. think picture books are for everyone, so I'm happy that anyone can read that book and find something for themselves in it. I think this can be good. If you have anybody who's working on their self esteem, um, this, the, I think this is something that everyone can resonate with because there's a lot of times where just words have just. Because they always say just like sticks and stones can break your bones, but words, I'm like, I can get over a bruise. But like I learned with my ex, <clears throat> emotional scars never heal. <laughs> Don't learn from me. <laughs> Don't listen to me. I'm not helpful a lot of the time. But, but I think that is the main thing we have. We have to stop telling that lie. Because I think we tell that to children for them to be able to make this defense mechanism. Because, yeah. like, you don't remember. Like, if you remember every time you fell off a bike, you wouldn't get back on a bike. But you remember. Like, you don't always remember what someone said, but you remember how they made you feel. For sure. And so, because of the words can make you feel a certain way, even if you forget what they said, your body still remembers. Yeah. And that's why I think I wanted to show the scene in the book where the, the words are stuck to the girl. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen immediately. It happens, you know, over time. At, over time. Um, and again, like, you just don't know what is going to stick with kids. You can't guarantee that things won't stick to you, but, mm -hmm. you know over time you can separate out what's good for you and what isn't. I think the page after the page you pointed out is the one that always gets me, which is she hands back the words and says, these are yours, they hurt me. Mm -hmm. And on the next page, some of the people say, well, not everyone understood or even listened. And some of the people say, it's not that serious. It's just a joke. You're too ah. sensitive. That's the thing that still, still gets me because I am still that girl who, was told that I'm too sensitive for listening to the words that people said to me, for letting them, them resonate and for feeling them. Oh yeah. But I... that's so real and kids, kids need often the space and the time to, to manage those things. Well, you're absolutely right. I wanna thank you for coming. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's our show for tonight. Please consider supporting Black Girls 
Smiles. They provide mental wellness education, resources, and support geared toward black women and girls. If you can, please donate at the link below. And make sure to tune in tomorrow when your guest host will be Ronnie Chang! Explore more shows from The Daily Show Podcast Universe by searching The Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.